Miami Vice. Oh, tubs. tubs from Miami Vice. Good old Tubs. That's what we were thinking. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. That's what you were thinking about. That's what I was thinking of. So from tubs of crap to tubs of Miami Vice to tubs of ice cream. To tubs of look at me, I actually remembered to put the extra stereo track in. This oh, time. excellent. We're recording. Yay, team. Hey, we're back. Indeed. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. We're back. That rhymed. That was nice. Yes. Yeah, it's been... <laughs> It's been a while. It's been a hectic week, so I obviously we're hectic re- week, hectic fortnight, hectic w- fortnight. Yeah, yeah. I, I released that solo episode the other day. I haven't listened to it. I can't imagine why. You're just bitter. Well, I checked and it didn't have me on it, so no. I went, well, "Why bother?" That's fair. Yeah, I've, I'm fine with you releasing minis by yourself, but not full length. The actually. second you start going full length, I mean, it was only like it was only like forty minutes, and it didn't mean anything. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it meant nothing to me. There's no kissing. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, congratulations, well done, good on you. Thank you for, mm. for the episode. For the episode, oh yeah, right yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, it was a good one. It mm. was a fun time. You know, it's funny. I realized because I've gotten so used to us talking back and forth. Like I was trying to record this episode and I kept tripping over my words because I forgot what it's like yeah. to talk by myself. And it's really hard to talk for like thirty minutes by yeah. yourself, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I repeated in every step. I repeated at least five sentences. That's good. Five times, so, so 25 times. So, listeners, if you didn't get it the first time or the second time, you'll get it the third, fourth, or fifth. Exactly. Or, yeah. or not, because I wasn't mm. very articulate, so yeah. it doesn't matter. So, I, I've been away. I've had a hell of a last two weeks. Yeah, so. so tell everybody about it. I got the corona. Bummer. Finally got it. Um, two years or so, we've been talking about this darn pandemic, and I, I was, I kid you not, I was genuinely convinced that I was like one of those genetically immune people, because I was looking through me my family, and no one had got it at all. And so I was just completely... And my wife had got it once. And I'm like, well, she's, you know, the impure genes, whereas my family is the pure genetics. And so I was convinced that me and my side of the family... But no. That was like the most Harry Potter thing you've ever seen. Yeah, no, I was was about to say, my wife, she's a muggle. Yep. (laughs) um, But I'm a pure blood. Fair enough. Um, And so, yeah, I got the virus that shall not be named. Exactly. There you Mm. go. It was, was, you know, if it was going to happen, I went away to a conference for work. Three days, 1,200 people smashed together into a big conference room. That'll do it. What did you think was going to happen? So it's, it's, it's being known as the super spreader event of the year because a whole bunch of people came down with it afterwards. Oh, they've actually... Ne- oh, okay. So yeah, we, and we, we lost a fair bit of productivity at work because of this darn conference. Bummer. Um, but yeah, I, um, so I was up in uh, Gold Coast and so I flew back on the Wednesday night. Felt fine on the Wednesday. Went running whilst I was up there in Gold Coast. It was... Fantastic running up there. I'll talk about that in a sec. But then I came back and I went to work on the Thursday. And towards the end of the day, I was just starting to feel a little bit run down. Yeah. And then two hours later, I was on the couch under a blanket shivering. Mm. And someone said, you should probably test yourself. And that second line came up on the little rat test. And I was positive. And so I went to bed on Thursday night. And I think I properly woke up midday on Saturday. I just couldn't eat on Friday. Just slept all the way through it. Um, and then I had really bad eye pain. Oh. So I, I yeah, I, apparently 20% of people who get COVID do get really, really bad eye pain, but normally you've got so many other symptoms, you don't really mention it. Oh, that's fair. I didn't really have anything else. I had a really bad sinusy, migrainey headache. Oh, this sucks. Which was causing the, the eyes to really hurt. And so for the first three days or so, I was just in a dark room listening to podcasts, not your podcast, good podcasts. Fair enough. Um, and... Just trying to sort of rest. Yeah. Um, and then Monday, I was able to open my eyes, so I binged a heap of TV. And then Tuesday, I got a little bit bored, and I was like, oh, I might go back to work now. That was a bad idea, because work just work just didn't care. Work never does. Work doesn't care. Work was like, you took two days off? That's cool. you still got three days to do five days worth of work. Um, so work was just full on. But I, I managed to get back into running. I waited until... Because the government advice here in Australia is changing... We were, I mean, originally when COVID first came in, remember it was 14 days isolation that you had to do? And then they dropped it down to seven and they've just gone down to five. Yeah. But but I was still under the seven day isolation rule. Mm. But I was still testing positive on the rat tests for 11 days. Yeah. So what I did was, because my family's going away on holidays and they want to be able to clear customs to leave the country, I stayed isolated in the house for 11 days or so. I went out in the morning and ran by myself after about a week or so, yep. just to get out and do some exercise, like, you know, five o'clock in the morning before anyone else is awake. Sure. You know, it was me and a squirrel, and that was about it. <laughs> um, 
but then the rest of the time I just continued to stay isolated at home in the house. And yeah, but I finally tested negative a couple of days ago, finally on the old rat test. But yeah, so far fatigue, super tired at the start, but I think I've got my energy level back. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any real respiratory problems, which has been awesome. That's a good thing. Really, really good. Bit of a dry cough. Yeah. But, yeah. but nothing too bad. Um, and yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just out of shape because... I haven't really ran properly for the last month or so. Mm. Like I came out of uh, that big 34 kilometer run. I skipped a long weekend because I was like, oh, I can skip this long weekend. And then another one I delayed because of the one I skipped. And then the weekend that was meant to be a big one, I had COVID. And so now I'm like, how long to this marathon we're going to go do? And I'm just starting back into running again. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks till I run a marathon. You're starting, you should be starting tapering. Now. I should be tapering now. <laughs> Instead, I'm trying to ramp up. Isn't that yeah. fun? <clears throat> I don't think it's what we'd recommend to listeners. Um, no. Listeners, for the next two and a half weeks, this is going to be a do-as-we-say, not-as-we-do podcast. That's Because I'm about to break every rule you can think of. The, it's going to be interesting. The 10% rule, the uh, you know running a marathon within three weeks of having COVID rule. I'm yeah. not sure if that's a rule, but I'm going to break it. I feel like it. it should be a rule. It feels like it's good advice. So what do you think you're going to do? So what does what, what the next two and a half weeks look like? So the next two and a half weeks is just going to be concentrating on movement, I think. Um, I don't think I'm going to run more than, say, a half marathon. Um, maybe next weekend. We've got, like, an extra long weekend next weekend. Oh, yeah, I might get point. out and do a couple of half marathons. Maybe, back-to-back. Maybe back-to-back half marathons, see how I pull up from there. Um, but I'm not going to really try and over-invest in any speed work. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to go out and try and push anything speed-wise or interval-wise for the next two and a half weeks. So it's just going to be getting everything moving again. Get, making sure that there is no breathing problems or anything like that. Yep. Um, everything else feels fine. Calves feel fine. Hamstrings feel fine. Plantar feels fine. But I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to ramp back up to. We, we were talking about like a 3:40, you know, target pace for the marathon. I think it'll probably be 3:50 to four hours. Really? I'd love to go sub four. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd still like to go sub. I feel four. like you would do that on a really bad day. Anyway. I've done sub four. Um, a week after running a PB, I've done fub, sub four. A week after doing a hundred kilometers, yeah. Like I've I've done a sub four marathon a couple of times after an A I race. I feel like at this point you can do yeah. a sub four in your sleep. Yeah, sub four is three hours, forty one. So well, five minute forty one kilometers. Uh, yeah, so it's a nine oh seven miles. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's about five forty one. Yeah, so five forty one kilometers. So can I do that for a marathon? That would be thirty seconds slower than what I did at Ballerine. Three weeks ago, I feel like that per kilometer. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figured that's kind of the pace, and I think the real question is: Do I go with the four-hour pacer and then just kick at the end, or do I try and stick with the three fifty? I uh, reckon start with the three fifty and see how you feel. Yeah, I mean, I did that my very, 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 very first marathon. I started with the three fifty and finished in four oh two. So I know what it's like to fade by twelve minutes, and well, it's not great because you were going to start with the three forty. I was going to start with the three forty. So you might as well yeah. just start with the 350 because i don't think you're going to lose much more than that you know reckon yeah i think as long as nothing you know as long as nothing i think it's probably more a mental confidence thing i think so that i've lost it but you know i hear so many people like mark only just got back to he did a 30 kilometer run on the weekend i think it was yeah that's seven weeks after he got covid so it's taken him a long time to bounce back but yeah everyone's different i'm younger than mark is yeah uh, i'm taller it's spread out more. well yeah yeah that's the that's the uh yeah that's the thing that's the deciding factor is the mm. tall but it's really interesting the the race there's no provision whatsoever for if you catch covid it's bad luck you're just withdrawing yeah there's no hey you got covid um apply for a deferral or anything like that it's just simply if you've got covid you're not allowed out of your house that's government rules mm. Apart from that, you know, there's no special refund category or anything. I mean, I guess that's so. fair because, I mean, is it fair? No, but it is because they've they've kind of done that for so long. It's kind of like yeah. I guess they're just ready to get. I mean, the show back on the road. Our average fourteen day average is like two thousand cases now. Yeah, remember so when we were trying to go zero? Remember we were trying to go zero. That was fun. I remember when we had like twenty thousand cases a day or something. Yeah. So now two thousand cases a day, and that's obviously reported cases. Yeah, right. That's still. A lot out there in the community. Um, it feels like everyone who's had COVID in the last week or so has been at my work. So maybe we're grossly overrepresenting stuff. Could but, be. But yeah, so it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. It, my my oldest daughter got it as well, but her experience was really interesting. She was super sick, but not testing positive, like complete flu-like symptoms and everything. Hmm. Felt better, 
and went back to school, so. came back from school, went, I don't feel good, tested positive. So so she's finishing, she's doing her seven days today, I think. Yeah. But she's still testing positive. So it'll be the same thing. She'll stay isolated sure. until she returns a negative rat test. Just to make sure we don't pass it on to the other two. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Good. We've already had to do one um, experience this year of having to cancel international travel because of someone getting COVID. We don't want to do it again. We don't want to do that again. No. Bag that. Yeah. No fun. So that's been my... I'll I'll tell you what, though. Going up to Queensland and running in Queensland in the middle of Melbourne, late winter, early spring. Was it awesome? Oh, it was fantastic. Jealous. 14 degrees at 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, there's all these people in the Gold Coast... They're wearing puffer vests and puffer jackets and beanies and gloves and tracksuit pants. You're just out there in a singlet. I'm in a singlet and shorts. <laughs> I'm like I'm sweating like an absolute pig because for me it's, you know, it's two degrees. Yeah. Here in Melbourne, it's 14 degrees in the morning there, and it was awesome. Like I got up, you'd go running. It was sunny by 5:30. Um, I'd run along the beach, just hearing the waves go, seeing the sunset. Then I'd get back to my um, Broad Beach hotel, go to a coffee shop downstairs. It was awesome. It was That's fantastic. Cool. It was almost worth catching COVID. Almost. Yeah. Almost. And it was a pity because I was feeling really, really good. Yeah. Like I was coming back from that run going, oh, I'm going to go out this weekend and do 30 odd Ks or so. And yeah, just the damn Rona. Yeah. I think you'll recover pretty quickly. I reckon in the middle of next week, you'll start to feel a pop and you're like, all right, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. I think, you know, I just need to be careful. I don't overdo it on this long weekend that's coming up. But at the same time. It's still got seven days to taper after that. Yeah. And I don't need a super big taper. No, because you, you've kind of, you're mm. so used to doing back-to-back stuff. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to, yeah, I think you're going to. I think it'll sure. just be my pace. I'm just going to control my pace and it's probably going to be, you know, 540 kilometers will be about the best I'll do for the next couple of weeks. I'm just going to really zero in on that 540 yeah. pace and being able to sustain that and hold that, which is, again, listeners, not what we'd recommend. Normally, we'd recommend some interval work and some speed work and yeah. give yourself the confidence and the body the confidence that it can go much faster than that marathon pace. Mm. But like what Andrew said before, normally I'd be starting a taper right now where all you're thinking about is stopping injury. Now, I need to try and regain some form over the next two and a half weeks, but I still need to avoid injury. Yeah. There's no point chasing speed and popping a hamstring. No. And it'll be good to work on, you know, actual physical form too. You know, mm. you're running a little bit slower. You can really focus on your running form and yep. see how everything's really feeling. That's, I think that's fine. And you know what? It's like at this point, like when you're leading up to a race, when you've got two to three weeks to go, it doesn't matter how much speed work you do. It's not really going to change much for you. You can only... Injure yourself at yeah. this point. You're I can't. Not, I can't add any speed at this point. No, no. you you're you can add speed, but it's not going to be speed on the marathon. No, it's, it's going to be sharpness of feeling. Yeah, but it's not going to be marathon. No. Type It'll speed. affect you after the marathon. The marathon speed, speed was my marathon speed was what I had three weeks ago at Ballerine. Yeah, and the question is, how much of that speed have I lost over the last three weeks by not having a chance to do much? I'm going to be interested mm. to see if mm. because you have had to uh, for. Uh, you were forced to take a break. I'm going to be interested to see if it actually brings you back a little bit stronger and you surprise the hell out of yourself on yeah, Marathon Day. It will be interesting. I know. I tell you what, I was really worried that the planter was going to get overdone, but the planter, having had all this time off, is just feeling absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So Achilles feel good. Um, so, yeah, knock wood. Touch wood. Touch and knock wood. Wait a minute. I don't know if that's really wood. That's not really wood. No, that's from Ikea. Yeah. That's like recycled. Oh, you would know because this is this, yours. This was my old desk. That's yeah. Right. yeah there's, there's no <laughs> way we paid for wood. No. No. Hmm. No, that's fair. Yeah, so what have you been up to? Uh, I'm trucking along as per normal. I've had some pretty popping workouts the last couple of weeks. Um, I did, you know, I had my longest run uh, two weeks ago. Yep. So it was I, was, I was meant to go 35 and a bit kilometers. I went 32 and then I ran out of time. <laughs> yep. And so... Damn cutoff. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I finished the three kilometers a few hours later. Right. So I got him in. How'd uh, you feel going back and doing three kilometers after 32? Actually, not bad. Really? Yeah, not bad. Um, I was sluggish, of mm. course. I was sluggish because my body was still tired, but I didn't feel as bad as I was going to. Um, so that was that was fine. Uh, Knees holding up okay? Everything's holding up fine. Right. Um, last week, I had a... Uh, a, ra- a race pace workout so I did a three kilometer warm-up then I did 13 kilometers at race pace so 
I, I did that. I actually mm-hmm. went a little bit faster than race pace. Right. Um, so I, I wanted to do five minutes yep. per kilometer. Yep. Uh, I ended up running probably around 450 per kilometer. Oh, wow. That's a lot faster. That's a 330 marathon pace. Yeah. And yeah. well, that's like a 320 something marathon pace. Oh, right. 450. Yeah. Um, and I got the end of that and I was like, oh, could I hold between this and five minutes for the full 42 kilometers? I don't know. Mm. Um, but it was a good, it was a good lesson. And it was like, I didn't feel like I couldn't hold it. I don't know is a better answer than definitely no. not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's it's told me, it's taught me that for the marathon, I'm going to start it at a 5.15 to 5.20 pace, I think. Yep. Uh, and then just tighten the screws as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good so workout. That's a 5, you'll, you'll find the 3.40 pacer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then try to try to go like a bat out of hell in that one mm-hmm. i had a really good workout yesterday it was basically this was one of those ones that i had to program into my uh my garmin <laughs> oh is this one of your algebra workouts yeah so yeah, okay it was it was a three kilometer three and a bit kilometer warm-up and then it was a three minute rest then 800 meters 60 seconds rest mm-hmm. 400 meters 90 seconds rest and then repeat six times and so you're basically doing 800 meters, 60 seconds, then 400 meters, 90 seconds, then yeah. back to the 800, 400. Yeah. And I was really happy with it. Like, my splits were, I went for 800 meters, I did 328, 327, 325, 322, 319, 314. Oh, they, if, if those are yassos, those are good. Yeah. yeah. And then for the 400 splits, I went 143, 142, 142, 135, 131, 128. Ooh. So for the first three, I just kind of tried to do my... 800 meter and then the 400 meter would be just mm. half of that minus three to five seconds uh and then the final three i just kind of tightened it up as i went yeah the last one was a bit of a bitch but we, <laughs> we got there yeah but i was really happy with that workout um so that total was like a 15 kilometer workout and and it felt good. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna go with definitely the Alpha Flies for the race. Okay. Uh, I've just ordered a new pair that I'm gonna start breaking in yesterday. Okay. Um, but are they here yet? Yes, they. they okay. Get here. Yeah. Uh, they actually got here today. So, mm. but they are the Alpha Fly next. So I have the regular Alpha Flies right now. I've got two pairs of those. Yeah. But these are the Alpha Fly nexts. Which are better. Maybe. I ordered them because I was like, do you know what? Worst case scenario, I can use the newer Alpha Flies that I have anyway. Yeah. But I'll order these just in case they're awesome. And if they're not, I have those. Yeah. Um, and, and Kirk and I decided, yeah, you know, the Alpha Flies, they're not awful. And they support me a little bit better being a bigger runner. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, in a couple of workouts, like yesterday's workout, I found stuff that I shouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, I think that they're probably better than the Vaporflies or my Asics, just for me personally, yep. just because I think they support me a little bit more. The Alpha Fly, they're not awful. That's a great. That's a great. Ta- <laughs> that's a great tagline. Yeah. Yeah. How much is Nike? Must just be throwing money at you. Yeah. Sponsorship like that. Just pay three hundred dollars yeah. for a shoe to just be not awful. They're not awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what color did you get? I got uh, these ones are are mint. And Ooh, lime kind of green. I love mint. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. Um, I did a five k time trial a couple weeks ago. Yep, that was that was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't a PR, but I shaved a lot of time off of it from the first five k time trial I did with Kirk. Yep. Uh, so I'm feeling really good about that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. We're we're gonna start tapering. So this Saturday I'll do like a 25 or 26 kilometer run. Yep. That'll be that'll be that'll be the biggest run, obviously. Yep. And then we're taking it right back. Like my eight kilometer easy run on a Friday next week is going to be instead of that three. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So we're taking it right back because we've got a long we've got a four day long weekend coming up. Mm. Um, should I do back to back to back to back halves? Um, I feel like okay. So that's like it's like eighty four kilometers. Yeah, it's like eighty four kilometers in four days. I feel like the week before that's the a week, week before a marathon. We can. Oh, yeah, it is a week before the marathon. Is that maybe. too much? Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe do dial, maybe do back to backs on Thursday Friday. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I might do back to back on Thursday Friday just to sh- just to shake it out, just to feel tired. Indeed. Like nine days out. Indeed. From it. Yeah. By the way, everybody, the reason that we have a four day long weekend, if you are an international listener, uh, we will be uh, um, acknowledging 
a observing a national day of mourning on the Thursday for Queen Elizabeth, of course, yeah. who recently passed away. And then Friday... <laughs> Welcome to Melbourne. ...is AFL Grand Final Day. There's a football game on... The next day. Exactly. So we have a holiday on the Friday. Only in Melbourne. Like, even in America, the Super Bowl isn't a holiday. Yeah, exactly. No, Australia, we have two within six weeks of each other. We have a football grand final public holiday, and we have a horse racing public holiday. that's a good point. So, So, yay. Um, So, thank you. So, commiserations to Lizzie. Indeed. Uh, Controversial, the government putting the public holiday in on the Thursday. Yeah, Lots well, of people not happy. Uh, Australians are changing. Australians used to always go all out for a public holiday, yeah. but now everyone's really concerned about, you know, hospitality industry needing to bear the extra cost and impacts to the economy. And Yeah, it's, it's mm. kind of tough. It's like, you know, you've got a, a, these industries because hospitality won't close. No. And most of those are casual workers. Penalty rates. Big penalty rates. Like yeah. a, a hospitality, hospitality worker that makes, say, $20 an hour on a public holiday is making like $50 an hour. Um, so that's a big chunk of change. That's a big chunk of change for restaurants to stay open. And especially we're still coming off of everything that we're coming off of, you know, attendance is down just generally at these things. And so, yeah, that's a fun time. It's, um, I noticed that the marathon hasn't sold out. No, they're still looking for... uh, Still selling tickets. You know what? I wish they would take my damn email off the list. Stop telling me to buy a ticket in Melbourne Marathon. I've already purchased one. I've bought one. I saw Great Ocean Road uh, advertising their next date. And you can buy a Great Ocean Road um, entry now. Uh, Eight months before the event starts. That's a great investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, when I took my parents... Because I've taken my parents to the Great Ocean Road before. Mm. uh, This particular time, I told them as we were driving along, I was like, yeah, yeah, Zach has done marathons on this road. And they're they're like, what, like running? I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And they just looked at me like, really? I'm like, yeah. 45 kilometers or however long it is. Yeah. And they were pretty impressed. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get to meet your mom and dad. And I think they would have been even more impressed by me in person. Yeah, probably because, you know... (laughs) Obviously, I'm not good enough. No, no. no. I mean, they, we, we say they were here to see you, but you know, it's just unfortunate that I got really. sick. Yeah. Not really. Mm. So, oh, um, I put up a uh, post so everybody on both Melbourne Superman and Breaking the Barrier in the story about a and a So we want your questions. So Zach and I are going to, we spoke about this a couple episodes ago. We want to do a Q&A episode. Mm. Um, anything, anything, fitness, running, pop culture, even because oh, we've anything. done episodes. We yeah. will answer anything. Exactly. Like seriously, ask us anything. No holds barred. No. And you know yeah. what? The, the fun thing is I'm just going to screenshot them yeah. and I'll acknowledge them in the stories, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to look them up or anything. Mm. We're just going to answer them on the spot. And yeah. if there's something that I don't know, it's going to be really interesting. We will work blue. Don't you worry about that. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And, and something we don't understand. We will blatantly lie. Oh, yeah. That. If yeah. I don't know the answer, I won't find it for you. I'll we'll do Boulder Dash. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, both, we'll both answer the question and then you can vote on who is more believable. That's right. Yeah. You'll never know. Half the time, that's what you do with our running advice anyway. So yeah, pretty who's much. kidding ourselves? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm, just, I'm just lying to you all. The <laughs> benefits of running and fitness coaching. The last mm. episode, I just made it all up. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I'm an awesome coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what do we want to talk about today? I feel like we're just... This is kind of like an episode where we're just kind of getting back into the swing of things. We're just reminding everyone that we're existing. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, this is what happens when tapers start. You start to go crazy. You yeah. start to go nuts because yeah. there's not much to do. No. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, I think whenever I start to taper for a race, it's actually probably a great time to talk about it. You're going to be finding that you're going a little bit stir crazy and you've got to fight that urge to get out and do more. Yeah. You know, like I, me talking about should I go do four half marathons back to back? Exactly. My answer would be no. No. Um, that 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 was my biggest problem. I think before my very first marathon, and it's funny actually. The Melbourne Marathon community they asked a question. They said, "What was what was one mistake that you wish you could rectify when you did your very first marathon?" And I actually wrote. I said, "Well." Going for an unrealistic time rather than mm. just going to finish. But I think if I really thought about it, I I would say the biggest mistake I made was not tapering properly mm. and not leading up to my taper properly because I just, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. So, I mean, I was going out for doubles like two weeks before my marathon. Yeah. I went out for like a 13 kilometer run one day in like real hot weather mm. and like I just blitzed it. I think I ran it at like a four something kilometer pace because 
reasons. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that it destroyed anything. That I, I don't know that my first marathon would have been much different. But it's interesting to think about if I had actually followed the plan properly. Yep. Because especially at you know, at that first, because you, if you've never done a marathon before, I will tell you, you don't, you're not gonna understand what it means to be tired mm. until you've done a full marathon. Yeah. Assuming you haven't gone out and done like a 40 kilometer long run in warm up. Right. Um, you, you know, if, even if you've done 36, you've gotten right to the edge of being tired. Yeah. At the end of your 36 kilometer long run, you have quite rightly gone, wow, I'm really tired right now. Yeah. There's still another six kilometers to go. 38 kilometers, you're going to feel worse. Like yeah. it only really starts to feel good once the clock ticks over 40. That's right. And once, nine times out of 10, those runs that you're doing are slower than you will want, yeah. than you are wanting to run. So if you're doing your long runs, a lot of the times you're not doing the whole distance at the speed that you're probably going to be trying to hit on marathon day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's, you're, you're facing a double-edged sword. It's like, you're going to get to this point, usually in a marathon, it's right around the 32 kilometer mark especially in the melbourne marathon because that's when you go past the shrine and it's that shitty just incline that's just you wouldn't notice it unless you're running a marathon um you're going to you're going to get to that point and it's just going to be like it's going to hit you hard yeah it's just going to hit you hard and it's because whether or not you've been training for a fast time or to finish or whatever it is that you're training to do there's so many things that are going to come into play on your first marathon that you're not used to, especially if it's the first race you've done. Now, I don't know how many people would choose a marathon as their first race. I'm sure people do it. I'm sure plenty of people do it. But you're going to... Regret ex- it? You, well, yeah. You're going to regret it. You're going to experience a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. And you're going to experience that that real energy at the beginning of the race that makes you want to go a little bit faster than you might be capable of doing. And sometimes it's possible to hold that for longer than you think, mm. but that extra effort is really going to hit you hard. So in this taper time, it's like, it's really a good idea to just listen and trust the process so that yeah. you can actually show up ready. You're, you're going to probably feel during your taper that you're sluggish mm. and your runs feel a little bit lousy and tired don't mistake that for losing fitness. No. Just that is just part of it. That is your body just recovering. You want that. The adrenaline on the day will compensate for any of those feelings of sluggishness. That's for sure. It. That's and it. you know, as people who have done it and made the mistakes before, we're telling you, yeah. you know, the one thing you get with experience is you learn to respect the taper. Yeah. Like you you, just, you know, all running marathons does is give you experience to realize that all the good lessons that people gave you when you had never run one, there's a reason why they're giving you that advice. Pretty much. There's a reason why every bloody running article is the same. Pretty much. Why every running podcast is the same. They give the same advice. They just try and do it in different ways because ultimately, if you want to run fast, you got to learn to run fast. And if you want to run well, you got to give your body a chance to rest beforehand. That's right. And yeah. that, that rest and recovery will... It's like... You you have pushed yourself so much that the moment that you stop pushing yourself that much, your body just wants to crash. And that's like, that's its way of recovering. And it's not loss of fitness. It's like if you have ever gotten ready for like one event that's not a race or something, mm. but you've put all your effort and energy into this event. Like for me, it's, it's, it's a stage show or right. a, a television shoot. When I get there, and I especially if it's a stage show and we have a long run and the, the rehearsal leading up to the process and all of a sudden we're going, we're going, we're going. Every night. Every night. My body has worked up to that. And as soon as that show closes, I always get sick. <laughs> I always get sick and I always feel run down. And then a couple weeks later or a week later, I'm ready to pop again. Mm. Um, so... That is not the time to push harder. That is not the time to go out and try new things. It's just the time to like really, really, really focus on allowing yourself to recover. And that's that's not just for marathons too. That's for ten k's. It's for five k's. Yeah. You know, if you're if you have a race that is important, 
allow yourself to recover for <coughs> What the hell, man? Stop coughing. I'm not just, you know. If I catch COVID, dude, I, I promise you. I don't you. have it. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm coughing into my sleeve. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Because bacteria can't fit through sleeve holes. It's, it's a vest, so it's just coming straight out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very delicate cough just then. That was was pretty. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, in terms of... Stuff? In terms of stuff. <laughs> this is the time. So another thing that you want to focus on in tapering is, is your nutrition. Mm. Right. I know we've we've kind of discussed tapering and, and all that good stuff before, but it's really important. And this is for listeners who maybe haven't listened to all those episodes. A, go back and listen to all those episodes. But B, it's always a good reminder. Your nutrition is really, really going to be important. That mm. said, you don't want to overdo it. You can probably get away with the nutrition that you've been doing. So even if you're even if you're looking at trying to carb load, you don't have to really carb load. You're going to be naturally carb loading anyway yeah. because you're eating the same amount and doing less work. So your body's just storing more. Yeah. And if you're not a carbohydrate athlete, if you're more of a fat adapted athlete, same thing. You just mm. keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's it's time to ride it out in the taper. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and, you know, when you're in full on training mode, You've got a little bit more leeway in what you can eat and get away with. But when you do start that taper process, it is worth just keeping a little bit of an eye on it. The first couple of days after you finish the hard training and you start the taper, your body will want to keep eating at the same rate Mm. because it's wanting to recover everything that's been going. And it's used to eating that amount. But you've got to remember your energy expenditure is dropping off over the course of the taper period. You don't have to hard follow your nutrition the same way. But if you keep it the same high level that's where you can start to feel a little bit sluggish as well mm. that's where you so so you know the last couple of weeks with me not doing much i've definitely kept an eye on my nutrition yeah and tried to you know drop it off a little bit to keep up with the reduced energy right now you know you whenever you're in training for a marathon that's never the time to try and do um you know weight loss or anything like that because no. you're, you're training so hard during marathon training you've got to give your body everything you need but um, again, you don't want to try and go on a crash diet three weeks before a marathon during taper. That's not great. But you can just keep an eye on your nutrition and keep it aligned to your reducing energy output. Because mm. otherwise, that can be part of the reason why you feel sluggish and slow and full is because you're still eating three bowls of pasta, but you're not running 36 kilometers for a long run anymore. You're down to 10 or so. Yeah, mm. that's a problem. So what do you think in terms of your first marathon? What were some of the biggest mistakes you ever made? Oh, the biggest mistake I made was not paying attention to the data that my watch was giving me on the day. I think, you know, I've I've shared the lesson where my pace for my first marathon stayed perfectly flat, but my heart rate just kept rising and rising and rising. Mm. And so I had access to all the information I needed. I just wasn't checking it. I just wasn't aware. Um, I was concentrating on one metric which was how fast I'm going, and I wasn't paying attention to how hard I was working and how I was feeling. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, well, if you run a marathon, a marathon's hard, so you will feel crap. But actually, there's a certain point where feeling crap starts to become a problem. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not just feeling crap, you're actually starting to hit the wall. Yep. And that's why ever since then, I've had much more awareness of where my body's going, uh, and I've paid more attention to running, running according to how I'm feeling. Like, don't worry about the the pace there's no point trying to hold a 515 pace if you feel absolutely terrible you've got to back it off to a point where you still feel comfortable um, and so that's where you know part of my running when i try and do a negative split is running so quote unquote slow in the first half of the race that i feel really comfortable in the second half yeah. that i can maintain that pace all the way through now the relative effort i'm definitely working harder at the end of the race compared to the start but because I started the race off conservatively, my pace can stay all the way through. So I, so I think that was that was a problem. I also think we spoke about this. Um, I didn't really check the course out beforehand. Yeah. So I didn't really understand the course and I didn't take proper advantage of, because of that of the aid stations. I have to still do that for the Melbourne Marathon. I think they made mm-hmm. the course map available yes. a week or two ago. I yeah. still have to do that uh, yeah. because... With, like, road marathons, you're not really going to find elevation no. uh, profiles, but you will see street. And if you're familiar with the city, it's good because, yeah. like, I know that if it's Anderson Street Hill, 
I got to figure that out. Yeah. But for me, it's mostly knowing where the aid stations are going to yeah. be, how far apart they're going to be. And if I can pinpoint little areas like that, like the Anderson Street Hill, I know that on the back end of that, it's a place I can surge. So it's going to be figure out figure out your strategy. Like you have to, you're you should already know what your fueling strategy is going to be mm. and your pacing strategy is going to be. But that that'll help you gauge it a little bit more. Like if there is a an aid station every what is it usually like every like three or four kilometers. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I don't necessarily need to carry no. hydration with me. I'll carry my fuel. Yep. But I know that there will be water every few kilometers. So you've got to ask yourself, is that something that you want to uh, you know, rely on mm. in terms of the aid station at at the marathon? Because you know, like for me, okay, I have I have practiced right now how often I'm going to hydrate. And I think about every 30 minutes is when I like to hydrate. Mm. And I can do longer than that. I can definitely do longer than that. Like I've gone as many, as much as uh, 25 and 30 kilometers before hydrating. Mm. That's not great to do. No. But you don't, you're not going to dehydrate completely off of that. You have more than you think. But, but you're not going to perform. You're not going to perform great. Mm. And then the opposite end of that is you don't want to have water with you if you're not used to carrying water with you because yeah. the moment that you start sipping that water, you'll need it yeah. so much sooner than you already do. That's why I try not to carry water with me when I go on my long runs mm. because I know that once I start, yeah. it's really hard to stop. So at least this way, say, for example, on that 34-kilometer uh, 30, uh, run, I put my Powerade Zero in my mailbox mm. <laughs> so every every so often every say um 10 kilometers or whatever it was every five or 10 kilometers it was i knew okay i'll go there have a squeeze have a squeeze mm. and that that my mailbox is not actually on the route so i mm. run around uh the little t this little area here but i don't ever pass my mailbox so i know that if i want to drink i have to specifically change my course so mm. that it's not constantly in my line of sight so i can't stop every, every single every time. single lap yeah so you kind of i've gotten used to holding off not that you want to hold off if mm. you don't no but the, you don't want to get so used to it that you just can't do it without it i think a mistake i made on my very first marathon and i've made it on a couple of marathons since is trying to sign uh, up for the marathon sign up for the marathon that was a big problem <laughs> um no holding off on fueling and drinking until I needed it. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, that's the like, other end of it. Like, the first aid station is always a mess. Like, there's always people going everywhere. People have been running for three kilometers, and you'd think they've been going across the desert for <laughs> ten days. They're crawling. They're gasping for water. They're pouring it over themselves. You know, the first aid station is, is always a mess, and you're always really tempted to skip it. But you know what? At that point, you're then going to be seven Ks in before you first, your first drink. And you don't need a lot of water mm. at that first aid station, but... A little bit can help. And then sometimes the worst thing you can do in a marathon or an ultra event is wait until you're hungry oh, to yeah. start fueling. Too late. If you're yeah, Exactly. It's too late. If you're hungry and you start fueling then, it's already too late. Mm. You've got to be fueling in advance of yeah. your feeling that fatigue. And you've got to be prepared to change your fueling strategy. I was very dogmatic with my fueling strategy in early races. It would be every 45 minutes regardless. Um, that's fine for the first two and a bit hours but in the third and fourth hour of a race actually you might need to be fueling every half an hour yeah you might need to step that up and there's a lot of studies out there that show that you know we often underfuel. like the really elite marathoners they are fueling so much more yeah, yeah. than you realize yeah they're fueling all the time um, because they're keeping that tank constantly topped up whereas we as you know weekend warriors we're like oh well part of the reason why we're doing this is for fitness and so as part of fitness you've got to push yourself and we don't fuel, and that's why we don't get the same performance. Mm. You know, when Kipchoge broke two hours, he was running along. They'd pass him his little carbohydrate drink. He'd drink some, hand it back to them. They'd take it back to that little van that was driving around behind him. They'd weigh it. They'd work out how much he'd drank, how much he was meant to have drunk at that point. They'd adjust the carbohydrate mix of the next drink. 
so that he could get the right thing and take it back out there. They were constantly micromanaging that. Um, And he was drinking on that run every three kilometers or so. Um, You don't need to take a gel every three kilometers. You don't need to do that. But, you know, every second aid station, a gel to go with a drink and a drink at every aid station. That's not a bad rule of thumb, depending on how you're traveling. Yeah, that's about right. I think I'll probably, with my gels, because I can use gels now, I've got Generation You Can Edge. Nice. Uh, You know, it's going to be a nice change from having to chew the goddamn bars. Yeah. Uh, Which, don't get me wrong, the bars are great. It's just really hard to chew them when you're running And it's hard to breathe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I will say that Edge, it is... um, not terrible. It's not. No, it's not terrible. But it's if you don't open it cor- like right specifically right, it's really hard to get it out of the packet. Really? Which is kind of annoying. Um, but other than that, it tastes great. It tastes like yogurt. It's really good. It's like not. Yogurt. It's not. Yeah, it's not like overly sweet. What flavor do you do? You like fruit flavors or dairy flavors? I don't. Or... Um, I, I like Coca Cola and vanilla when I'm doing my. Do stuff. you know what? When I was using. Um, Endura. Yeah. I liked like the caramelly stuff. Yeah. Salted um, caramel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. Uh, but this like, I find that if they too sweet, mm. it just gets, it grates on me and yeah. I'm just like, it gets to that point where it's like, I can't take it anymore. And these aren't, like they don't have any sugar in them. They're mm. all carbohydrates, yeah. but no sugar. Caffeine? I think there's a little bit yeah. of caffeine in there. Uh, so these ones are strawberry banana. They just released pineapple. Ooh. And I like them because I love yogurt. I don't yeah. really eat it a lot, but when I do, I'm like, yeah, man, yogurt. Yeah. I can't do like the green apple fruit ones no. or something like that. No, it's I don't too like tart, those. Too they're sour. Too, yeah, they're gross. Yeah. I don't like the watermelon one. No, no. It's just I nasty. Can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I uh, there was one, I think it was a, I think it was Enduro. It was like a coffee one or it was like espresso oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I've had those before. Yeah, those are pretty Goo do espresso maybe ones it was goo. as well. Yeah, maybe it was yeah. goo. And goo do a uh, salted lime chew now. That is delicious. It's like having a non-alcoholic margarita. It's really tasty. I'm all for that. Yeah. So that's a good time. This this podcast brought to you by energy products that aren't our sponsor. Generation You Can. <laughs> exactly. Generation You Can. Visit youcan.com.au and use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier for fifteen percent off your order. Of course, if you don't know, Generation You Can is a product that utilizes fat as fuel using its patented super starch formula. So it really helps you tap into the fat stores rather than just pumping you full of sugar, 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 which eventually your gut's not going to be able to take. Mm. So it really helps you just utilize that extra fuel. It doesn't make you sick on the run. Really, I haven't hit the wall since I've started using it. Mm. You know, the only time I have hit the wall was at the Spartan Ultra. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that again. No, no, we don't talk about our bad races. They don't exist. They don't exist. Mm. 90% of the races are bad races. Um, But yeah, so I guess, so fueling, you know, figure that out. I'd say for me, I, I think probably every 30 to 45 minutes on like the runs that matter. So anything on my, like I've used as a, as a training run, have been longer than 25, 25 kilometers. And on those, I would practice, yeah, every 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Probably every 40 minutes for fuel in terms of gel or food. Yeah. And probably every 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour for hydration. But mm. always, I would say, when you, you, when you take solid fuel, and I will count mm. gels as solid fuel... Definitely make sure you chase yeah. that with some kind of liquid. Yeah, there's a difference between having some liquid to get a gel down and then having some liquid because I'm dehydrated and I want to drink. Yeah, exactly. two different types of sipping. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Mm. And but yeah, I think that those are kind of like the major things that you're going to come across. That's what we're thinking about two weeks out yeah. from a race. That's... Two weeks out from a race, this is what we're starting to think about. Next week, it'll be start thinking about our gear. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. You know, you start. We'll talk about that later, but you stop wearing gear that you want to wear on the race day. You sort of start tucking that off to the yeah. side, and you start wearing the old crappy stuff around. Yeah. So that you've got the nice stuff all Pretty clean. much so. Yeah. I, 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 I think I know what I'm going to wear. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to wear my Sunset Series singlet. Right. Because I like it. Yep. It makes me look tank as shit. <laughs> uh, and I will wear... Okay, so either my Nike uh, leggings yep. or my these, like, budget ebay uh bike short things that i got because they have a little pocket and i can put my phone in there Mm. depending on 
what the weather's going to be. It all comes down to the weather for me. It's like, it's Melbourne. Like, I was going to ride to work tomorrow. I checked the bomb. It's going to belt rain down for the next eight hours or so. In eight you, days. Yeah, you can never tell with Melbourne. No. So for me, it'll that'll really come... I mean, some things are cons- constant. I'll have compression shorts on yep. under another pair of shorts. I won't wear a singlet because I find I get too much chafing sure. later on the race. So I'll definitely wear a t-shirt for that. Um, ultimately, it'll, I'll, I'll have a belt with my gel and my phone. Oh, yeah. I'll my, probably wear my, my mm, Nathan vest. Nathan Reedy vest. Yeah, but I won't put anything in it other than my gels and my... I mm. I just said I'll put my yeah. phone in my pocket, but I'll probably put it in there just because sometimes yeah. when I'm running fast, it pops out of my pocket, and that's not great. If it's cold, I'll wear a vest, no problem. If it's hot, I'll just wear the belt. Yeah. Um, the advantage of wearing the vest is you can carry more gels. Mm. The disadvantage is you're carrying more stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, I remember the first time I was doing a marathon, someone was like, oh, you've got to, you know, run it basically tiny shorts, singlet, take all your jewelry off, get rid of a different watch. Now we all run with headphones. Yeah, and dude. Phones Have you and... seen Jenna's headphones, man? Oh, they're massive. She, she wears like airplane pilot Yeah, headphones. exactly. She looks like the Nova alien. <laughs> um, yeah, and watches are getting bigger and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So I forget aerodynamics, yeah. man. Hmm. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Doesn't yeah. matter. What, what, I was going to say something. Did you see the new Apple Watch got released? I did. Yes. 12 hours of activity time. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's exactly right. Someone was like, that's, won't no. even, like, like, that's an elite Ironman. Yeah. Your average amateur athlete is like 15 to 20 hours. Yeah, no, you're never that, gonna, that's that watch gonna is not going to last it. No. Yeah. It, no. It's great for an Apple Watch. It looks great. It looks sexy as, but it's not. I would dare say that any self-respecting athlete, though, is not wearing an Apple Watch. No. They're wearing a Garmin or a... Koros. Koros or... Oh, there's another one. Um, Polo? No. No? But yes. Yeah. That's not the one I was thinking of. But yeah. Mm. No real athlete's wearing an Apple yeah. Watch. So if you're wearing an Apple Watch, you can, figure Apple out Apple Watch is fine up for, for like marathon, but anything more than that, yeah, yeah it's just not going to get done. Yeah, it's yeah. too fancy. Then again, marathon, we, we're, we're, marathon is the ultimate goal for a lot of people. Yeah. So for a lot of people, an Apple Watch that lets you run a marathon, that's plenty. It's fine. You know, for us, we know it wouldn't last with some of the ultra events we've done. No. Yeah. No, one in particular, which we won't talk about. No. So, we don't need to talk about that again. Hmm. I'd really like to do the Backyard Ultra, I think, next year. Really? February. Yeah. February, Backyard Ultra. Yeah. Do you know, it's it's funny because February is also the next Spartan race. That'll be a 5K. I'm not going to... Yeah. Uh, so, basically, after the marathon, I want to get... I want to talk to Kirk and just start working on my 5K speed. Yeah. And get that down. But at the same time, I would like to do the Backyard Ultra. The Backyard Ultra, I, I will crew for you at the Backyard Ultra. That'd be fun. Um, it's, I, and I don't need to work on speed for that, really. No, it's just endurance. It's mental. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's diet and nutrition and mental. That's mm. it. It's not actually running. It's just everything. It's just mentally being able to go, and it's making sure that you can keep your stomach and your energy levels up. Can it's I bring not, my bike? I don't think so. Bummer. I think that's it. I think I could look after it for you, but okay. you wouldn't be able you to can't use, use it. it. No. Damn no. it, Brett. Um, but no, the, 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 the backyard ultra is a really interesting test. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be fun. You know, it was funny cause originally I was going to use that as my very first 50 K. Yep. I might have to do what you did and eventually use it as my first 100 K. Yep. Give it a go. Right. Um, or 60 K or 80 K. Or yeah, pencil in Yu Yang's next year. You know, nice close one to go to a hundred Ks at. Is that much that 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 elevates a lot more than the a little bit more. Yeah. We're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> I don't even like that. Idea. Oh, you're only going to do a flat event yeah. yeah okay sure well backyard the the brett's backyard ultra is not that flat it's got that one that one big hill that one stupid that hill one that was stupid in the big uh, hill and that's it yeah yeah but you got to do that a lot you're like 15 times if to get 100 you got to do it 15 times yeah, no, yeah. That's so it's a lot yeah because that was in the brim bank ultra wasn't it that was yeah you, it was. Did, you did that as part of the 50k yeah yes. it did yeah i did you did i yeah. rock there you go oh well, see rock. this this is the um the difference between people who have done marathons before and people who haven't, people who have not done marathons before, are like I just got to get to this marathon. We're already thinking about the next lot yeah. of races. Yeah, pretty much. We're like, you know, planning twenty twenty three out. Yeah, yeah. You, y'all will get it. You'll start yeah. to get it. Like after your very first marathon, you'll hate that you've done it for like ten seconds, yeah. but then you'll be looking for the next one. Yeah. And then after your second one, you'll be looking for the next one before you start the second one. Yeah. So you know, it's an addiction. It just comes. You, yeah. You just you'll never get out of it. Uh, mm. So yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm looking at toward in terms yeah. of the next couple of weeks. You know, really 
because obviously we practice fueling, we practice pacing, but now we really have to get it in our heads yeah. uh, because you can practice it and that's fine. But we can't do much practicing for the next three weeks. We're not going to do any no, running that's so, going to need fueling. No, for so you're going to really like even for my 25 kilometer run this week, I don't know that I'll fuel for mm. it. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think so. I might do some fueling on my runs just to get used to the taste and just get the stomach used to it. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm, I, you know, I'd be talking about it, like if I went out for two hours. Mm. I'd fuel once. Yeah. Just a shot, just to make myself get used to digesting it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I will, the night before this run this weekend, I will definitely do my my nightly, like, the, the meal that I have before yeah. race day and my long runs because, you know, I still want to get used to that. Uh, and for me, it's just, like, normally when I weigh out oatmeal, they have, it's 50 grams plus mm. some protein powder, blah, blah, blah. But the night before a long run, all bets are off, dude. Yeah. I just pour that shit in the bowl. <laughs> I put some chocolate chips in there and yeah. some protein powder, and I just go nuts. And it's probably probably like four times what yeah. I normally have, and I don't care. Yeah. Uh, because I know I'm going to burn it off the next day. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so you really want to start visualizing everything that you're going to do because exactly, you're, you're kind of past the point of no return now. You're past mm. the point of being able to practice it as much as you did. Mm. So what you've done is now what you're going to do. Yes. So solidify that. Don't change it now. Because it's too late. Yep, exactly. Um, I mean, little things, sure, you can tweak. Like mm. me, I just got a new pair of shoes that I'm going to have to break in and see if they even work. But if they don't, I've got my backup. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah. And that's that's the other thing. We're, we're two and a half weeks out. If you don't have your race day shoes by the end of this week, oh, you're in trouble. Because you're going to have to wear those every day to try yeah. and break them in. Yeah. yeah. No new things on race day, people. No. 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 And you, and it's going to be hard because you can't really break them in on a long run because no. that's You're not going to do any. That's going to suck for you. So Go tell your partner, I have to buy new shoes today. Yeah. Zach and Andrew said so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we're from the running public. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, but yeah, so everything, start to finalize mm. it now. Start to visualize it now. If, mm. if you don't have what you need this week, get it because we're moving into too late territory. Yeah. So not to make you freak out, but... You should be panicking. You should be panicking now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the fun starts. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's that's all I have to say. Yeah. I think that turned into a pretty good episode, considering yeah. we didn't know what we were going to talk no, about. No, no. Hopefully we've got something to talk about next week. We'll I, come up... We'll, we'll, we might not talk about the marathon at all next week. We might go do some articles or something. Let's come up with something that's different. Well, we might have our Q&A. We might have a Q&A. Yeah, so make sure that... Uh, you know, check the, uh, check the uh, Melbourne Superman and Breaking the Barrier stories... Uh, and there's just a, you know, in the story, there is a Q&A little um, mm. button in there. You just yeah. type something in. I'll acknowledge it on the story, but mm. we'll screenshot it and save it for an episode. If you miss that, because those stories are only up for 24 hours, I might put them up a couple times. Yeah. But you can always email melbournesuperman at gmail.com. Or you can just, you can message Breaking the Barrier on Instagram or Melbourne Superman on Instagram. Go to Zach's house. Wake him up while he's yep. sleeping. Whisper in his ear what your questions are. Yeah, just subconsciously get it into my brain. Exactly. And I'll just answer them. Exactly. And, and like you said, you can ask us anything. It doesn't have to be running related. No. Melbourne Superman peeps, I can answer pop culture Dude, stuff too. Dude, we need some pop culture I stuff. I have geek cred. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm so excited for some of the pop culture mm. stuff. Some of the stuff that was announced at Disney. Dude, I'm mm. excited. I'm very excited. Mm. Um, are you watching Hot D? Excuse me? You're getting enough Hot D? Did you like the hot day? I don't know what's happening. House of the Dragon. Oh! <laughs> House of the Dragon. Yes, we're an episode. Yeah. I have been watching that. We are uh, behind one episode. Okay. Uh, but we have been watching that. Aaron and I have been watching that. Uh, I feel like she's not, Aaron's not convinced that I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Just because I, and I told her, I said, you know, when I watched Game of Thrones, I had to watch the first episode like nine times <laughs> uh, because I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. And this is the same thing. It's not that I'm not into it, but I'm just like, I'm just taking it all in i love matt smith mm. uh he's he's like he's not my doctor but he is a great doctor yeah uh and i think he's a phenomenal actor uh, but i'm i'm enjoying it okay i'm really enjoying it i'm enjoying the visuals of it yeah it's it, the thing i'm not liking about it is remember the first three four series of game of thrones they do that crawl at the start and they go around the map of Westeros and they show you where they're going to go. And they're going everywhere. Yeah. They're going north. They're going here. They're going there. And so there was like four or five different stories. And part of it was the Starks coming down from the north and going to these other places and getting into that story. Mm. Here, it's all in King's Landing. Yes. Like it is very self-contained. Yeah. It's like 
everyone sort of went, oh, you know what we really enjoyed from Game of Thrones? Those five minutes in each episode where people were talking political in hallways. Let's do an entire hour that. Of is that. a good point. It's all and, kind of that, and it is kind of it is hard to follow. That's why I mean like I'm enjoying the visuals, because the story yeah. right now, it's a bit harder to follow. Yeah. Because it's very talky-talky. It is talky, and it's not funny. No, it's no. Not, there's no Peter Dinklage. No, it's not as funny as, as Game of Thrones. No, was, it, which I, yeah. it's, it, that's a good point. Like, you don't need funny, but there's like absolutely no humor in it. There's funny and there's <laughs> lightness. Yeah. There's no lightness at all. No. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's all very intense. And so mm. I think I think it's hard to... It's not hard to get into. Well, it's hard to, I guess, process, but it's mm. all very intense. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I feel like it's going to be one of those ones where I've got to watch the whole first season. Yeah. Let it wash over me a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... I think we're in for some good, good, good stuff. So mm. yes, loving the hot D. Uh, what else is out? She Hulk. She Hulk. No, we haven't started watching no, it. She Hulk's fun. Is it? She Hulk's fun. Okay. Yeah, She Hulk's interesting because they had to reorder the episodes based yeah. on like they did the episodes and they're like it's going to be in this order and then they got some feedback and so it feels like they had to Frankenstein oh, sure. a little bit just to make it uh, accessible for audiences. I did um, hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's fun. It's. It's fine. You know, it's, if you take it for what it is, it's fine. It doesn't have to always be endgame. No, that's yeah. fair. And I guess the budget would be much smaller. Yeah. Uh, what else is coming out? What I haven't watched that? the Tolkien one yet. I know. You know what? I, I kind of have no desire to. Mm. I loved the Lord of the Rings, the trilogy and everything. But Aaron said to me the other day, do you want to watch that? And I was like, no. You, you watched it on your own. Because I, I kind of mm. don't feel like I have the desire to watch it. Yeah, uh, I it could be the biggest mistake I'll ever make in my life. But I'm going to wait for a couple more episodes. Right now, we're trying to finish off Sandman. Oh, I haven't watched that. <clears throat> so that's good. Yeah. Um, although it's very intense. Yeah. Like it's one of those ones where, again, it's it's wonderful to watch. It's beautifully acted, and there is some funny bits in it. But my God, it's a show that makes you watch it. Mm. And sometimes, I, like, sometimes I want a show that I want to watch because it captures me. Yeah. Whereas this one demands I watch it. Yeah. Do you know, there's no second screening with this thing. No, that's that's a good point. Like we're watching, uh, Aaron and I are watching Heartland at the mm. moment. It's just a fun show. I mean, it's a it's a it's a family. It's a heartfelt mm. show. It's about this family that lives in Canada. They're like a cowboy family. They own a mm. ranch. Um, you know, dude ranch and cattle and all that stuff. Mm. And I love the show. It's great. It's beautifully acted. It's got like. Um, some awesome actors in it, and but it's not a show that you have to be so focused on. Yeah, you can just it's one of those shows where you can turn it on, enjoy it, but not have to like pay attention to it. You don't have to read a recap afterwards, no, or anything like that. No, whereas every Sandman episode, I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I have to go read a review and work out who was that person and what's this happening, but I'm paranoid about spoilers because. It's a Netflix show, so it all came down at once. Yeah, and it's like it's it's a I don't I don't know how anyone could binge Sandman. Like, for me, each episode feels like a workout. Like, you know, I can only watch one episode a night. Yeah, I'm, I was the same way with Game of Thrones mm. because I was late to the party on that one and I started binging it. And, like, after it took me... Like like I said, it took me a while to get into it. But once I finally got into it, I started binging it and I found that I was, like, overload. Like, yeah. I, it was hard to do that. And it got to the point where I was like, no, I can't watch more than two episodes. I prefer TV that comes out weekly. I like appointment viewing. I like. I, I don't like the spoiler culture we have right now, where if yeah. I don't watch it on a Monday, I can't go on the internet. Well, that's, until I watch that's it. kind of the problem with shows like, say, Cobra Kai. Yes, where the entire season comes out I on know. one day, yeah. and it's like, uh, okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, because people are like kind of assholes about it. <laughs> like they don't care. Like no. they just spoil everything. Yeah, and I'm like, like well, I, even if you see a news headline that says. Can you, you know, we explain why Cobra Kai redacted, redacted. And you're like, well, now I know something's going to happen. Exactly. Now, yeah. I don't want to know. Like, I, I, I mean, we're well past spoilers for No Time to Die, everybody. Yeah. But I had that spoiled for me mm. hard. Yeah. Like, the the weekend it came out, somebody posted what happened at the yeah. end of the movie. And it was like the biggest thing in yeah. James Bond history. And I was like, this is the weekend yeah. that this movie came out and you've just put this on Facebook. Dude, you suck. It's crap. Yeah. you got to be so careful. And, and so, when Netflix dump it all at once, then... It's just you know, like all bets are off. Like I remember when um, Stranger Things came down, my family just had to just drop everything. Yeah. Because my daughter was like, I can't go on the internet until I've watched these I still have to three watch episodes. season four. Yeah. I haven't and, watched any of season and four. And they're long episodes. Yeah. Like, they were like five hours sitting down watching Stranger Things. And towards the end, I'm like, did you enjoy it? They're like... 
by about hour four, we just wanted to get through it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then, like, by the time you're done, you don't really remember anything that's happened. No, not at all. That's a good time. That's because we're old. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's like a good marathon. By a good marathon, at the end, you don't remember what the first two hours is like. I think that's a great point to end the episode on. So, that's that's a really good point. So, look, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this long-winded and kind of rambly rambly episode mm. that we went into a bunch of different places. But we got we yeah. got some good advice out there, I think. We're back. You paid nothing for this, people. Correct. So, look, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible on the roads, the trails, and the treadmills. We will catch you next time.